This is New Beginnings, hosted by award-winning broadcaster and speaker, Freddie Bell. A program for and about America's 78 million baby boomers. Here's your host, Freddie Bell. Hi, everybody. I'm Freddie Bell, and welcome to New Beginnings. We'll talk to Libel Sternbach. We'll look at what happened this week and also share today's words to the wise. You're listening to New Beginnings, and our program is underway right now. Hi, everyone. Yes, indeed, you're listening to New Beginnings. And right now, joining us is our career expert, Mr. Joe McKenzie. He is the founder, the heart and soul of Ripple Connects. He has the knack of turning candidates into contenders. You can reach him by telephone at 763-438-1621 or rippleconnects.com. Hello, Joe, and welcome back. Good morning, Freddie Bell. How are you? Unbelievable, and I'm looking forward to talking to you about uh, whatever's on your mind. Well, what's on my mind is as I continue to read through your book, Words to the Wise, there's a page that jumps out at me, and it's it's titled Integrity, but your words to the wise are, your character is your destiny. Mm-hmm. Your character is your destiny. Freddie Bell, what do you mean by that statement? Well, I can break it down by saying who you are is who you are. So okay. your character is who you are. It's that that mental part of who makes up Joe McKenzie, who makes up Freddie Bell and those listening this morning. It's distinctive only to you. Nobody else can be who you are. That's your character. It's the way Correct. that you think. It's the way that you, you feel. It's the way that you perform or act. It's especially how reliable and honest you are. It's, so that is your character. And so I, I just mentioned you are who you are. Your character is your destiny because who you represent, who you are, shows up in your life as your integrity. Integrity is that quality, I believe, Joe McKenzie, of just being an honest individual, of having strong moral principles, just being, I I come from a Baptist church, being upright and doing things in the Mm -hmm. right way. You know, and I've heard over the years that that individual is is just known to be a person of integrity. Well, what they're saying is that that person is an honest individual. That person has strong moral principles. They have a guidance that comes maybe from their family. It's hard to determine where it comes from, but I think it's an innate faculty that we are all are imbued with. You can learn to be more in, integrous, but I believe that's what we come to this earth with. And it's really uncompromising. It's a strong moral and ethical principle and values that we live with. So that's a, that's an idea of what character is as it relates to integrity. But the second part of that, 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 that statement is, is your destiny mm-hmm. Describe for us with your character. Your character is where you're going, where you have already been, uh, what you're going to achieve. What are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, if you think about it just uh, at a high level, maybe it could mean your destination but uh, okay. but it also means that uh, the events will necessarily happen in your life to a particular person. We are in control of our destiny just by how we live. It's the future, which can't be determined by decisions that we make because destiny is just what it is. But okay. when we mix in who we are to that, 
we can turn the tables. We can really cause different things to happen in our lives when we mix who we are with the way that our life is already going to unfold anyway. There's a difference between the destiny and then what our fate is. So if we believe that we can control how we act from day to day, that really uh, is a mark on how we are going to show up in life over time. I think a good definition of what destiny might be is suggest a future that includes something great or important, like Joe McKenzie is going to be a great leader whose destiny was to make people the best they can when they're in interviewing opportunities, who leverages their bench of advocates. That's a person of destiny. But I, I believe that what comes with that, you have to mix in who you are, your character, that person who is integrous, who has a, a high moral standard. You put those together, and that determines how you show up in life. It determines, it outlines your destiny. I completely get that. But you also mentioned because you are going to follow through with those traits of integrity and honesty, that also changes some of the outcomes or situations because you took it that way, then there's there's a very real chance that there's going to be positive outcomes because of the way you handled yourself is what I hear you saying, correct? Exactly, because everybody has a power to change their own destiny by making different decisions, making, if you will, better decisions, deciding okay. to live a life of integrity than something that is completely different than that. You know, for example, I mean, it's just as simple things like treating others as yourself, showing up and just being a, an upright person who does things in the right way. It can really change the coda of your entire life. You become who you think about all day long. I remember I was in a conference not long ago and uh, the speaker says, you become who you think about all day long. And the guy uh turned to his friend and says, you know what? I think I'm going to become a piece of chicken. I don't think that's what he meant. <laughs> but, yeah. but if you're thinking about, uh, if you're thinking about doing things in the right way, being successful in your life, being the best employee that you can be, being the best husband or wife that you can be, being the best partner that you can possibly be, that colors your destiny. Okay. That really fuels your integrity because you're really being intentional about how you want to show up for yourself, first of all, but also showing up in the lives of others. That's right. That is a very positive thing for people that they're going to react to you, but they're also going to see that in action. And that may reinforce with them that this is the right way to do this or handle this or react to that. And so what we as an individual can do that we have control over that, our own destiny can also impact greatly the people around us. If it's family or our coworkers or our community, there's so many positive things that can come out of that just because we are in control of our own destiny. We're in control of how we think, perform, feel in our honesty and reliability. Positive things come from that. They do. And uh, to sum this up, if you if you decide today that you're going to take positive steps day by day, maybe even hour by hour, because it's difficult for people to make resolutions because it seems so large. But if you can make that daily commitment to making an improvement in yourself in some small way, over time, things start to change in your life. 
you start to show up differently. Your character starts to expand. Your character starts to change. And all of a sudden, you find yourself acting uh, as a person with high, a high moral standard, a person with a lot of integrity. And your destiny starts to change as a result. So your character does impact greatly your destiny. <laughs> Joe, unfortunately, we got to leave it right there. Do you have a final thought or question before we have to say goodbye? No, I just, uh, Freddie Bell, I want to thank you for the words to the wise because every one of those pages gets me to think and, and how do I apply it to my own life? And, and that's what you helped me with today. All right. That's Joe McKenzie. He's the founder of Ripple Connects. He turns candidates into contenders. And he's one person that I know who reads the book Words to the Wise. We'll be right back. In today's world, we really need words of encouragement. Introducing Words to the Wise by Freddie Bell. Let your mind be opened by the wisdom of thought. Let the inspiration of the words feed your mind, body, and spirit. Regardless of the issues you face each day, Words to the Wise by Freddie Bell can help you power through. Words to the Wise by Freddie Bell, a handy reference, available on Amazon, freddiebell.com, and Barnes & Noble. RippleConnects.com, connecting you to your better future. Hi, I'm Joe McKenzie, founder of Ripple Connects and trainer of Ripple Effect Networking. Establishing and maintaining a strong professional network is critical to you and your organization's success. My techniques will help you stand out so you can create new sales opportunities, develop and sustain meaningful connections, grow your franchise or small business. If you want to schedule Joe McKenzie to speak to your organization, email me, joe.mckenzie at rippleconnects.com. Your network plus my techniques equals more success for you. Just for fun this weekend on New Beginnings, a study has found that the typical office desktop has 400 times more bacteria than the office toilet seat. Someone needs to make a tablecloth for desks that's one giant Clorox disinfecting wipe. A quick joke here. The teacher says, Drew, why is your homework in your dad's handwriting? Drew replies, I used his pen. (laughs) Want to turn on your wife? Without being asked, unload the dishwasher, vacuum, strip the bed, and put on fresh sheets and vacuum her car. A few years ago, Parenting Magazine coined the term, Core play. After a survey revealed 15% of moms said their idea for play is their husband doing chores. And we're less than a month away from the first March Madness games, and here are some ways to make college basketball more interesting. No shot clock except in the final four minutes of each half. Minus one point for missed slam dunks. And coaches may take a shot if the ball bounces to him on the sideline, and each team must play his mascot for a minimum of three minutes. It's wacky, but it's true. In Brazil, some cars were robbed. Several days later, a friend of one of the victims was on Facebook when one of the thieves posted about his part in the robberies. The victim's friend called police, who tracked down the chatty suspect. In all, five guys were involved in what police described as a fairly sophisticated operation. Unfortunately, they weren't sophisticated enough to keep their mouths shut online. And here are some thoughts to ponder for the rest of the weekend. Garlic and onion air fresheners are a terrible idea. But as soon as you start cooking it, everybody comments on how amazing your house smells. And an autobiography can never be complete. I'm Freddie Bell, just for fun this weekend on New Beginnings. Introducing the New Beginnings Podcast. 
featuring career, health, and financial information for people on the go. To get your fresh start, visit freddybell.com slash newbeginnings. Check out the new New Beginnings podcast today. Get the most from AARP, including advice and support to help you care for your loved ones. Fraud prevention with tips and tools to help protect you from scams and fraud, including a free helpline if you've been targeted, a scam tracking map, and watchdog alerts via email through the AARP Fraud Watch Network. If you don't know AARP, you don't know ARP. More information at AARP.org. This is a news-oriented broadcast, and all information is educational in nature is not intended to be legal, securities, tax, or insurance advice. Please consult with the appropriate professional before acting on information heard during the broadcast. You're listening to New Beginnings, New Beginnings with Freddie Bell. Hi, everyone. I'm Freddie Bell, and now it's time to talk finance with Libel Sternbach. Libel is an Amazon best-selling author of Living with Financial Anxiety and Authenticity. Libel, we've got a a really great topic that's really, uh, really impacting a lot of people this week. And I'm wondering for our listeners who might be new to this show, can you briefly recap why someone would want to file for social for social security early or even delay their benefits? Welcome back. Hey, how are you doing today? Unbelievable. I mean, you really got my attention. We were together last week when we talked about, uh, the economy going sideways, and you mentioned briefly at the end of our last conversation about retirees may or may not want to go out when they originally planned. It all depends on what they've done to this point. So what do you think? Uh, Can you recap recap why someone would want to file early for SS benefits? Yeah, so Social Security, right? Generally, Social Security, we got this question that everyone has to answer, right, is do I take it early or do I delay? And if I do delay my benefits, how long do I delay it? And, you know, there's lots of different theories as to what you should do and why you should do it, right? There's there's the people who say, no, take it as early as possible because you don't know how long you're going to live, right? And I can definitely relate to that one, right? My my dad passed away when he was 63. Um, so that would have been, you know, a year and a half of being able to claim Social Security. And he he did not even get the full, you know, amount because he was, you know, in denial of the fact that he was dying. Um, and then you have the people who are, well, no, I want to get my money back from Social Security or I want to get the biggest check. And Honestly, right, the, the, I'm going to give you the arguments that people make. And then we're going to talk about, you know, really the way to think about it. And the Secure 2.0 Act, it, it shined a spotlight on the fact that this decision, the decision of when to file for social security really isn't about how much money you get from social security. And, and I'll explain that in a few minutes, but let's talk about the conventional wisdom when it comes to filing for social security. Filing for Social Security, right? You you worked hard, you paid your taxes. It go it went into this trust fund that was supposed to be invested so that you could take money out in retirement, right? And you would get paid this, you know, fixed income, right? This this uh, annuity that would get paid for the rest of your life, and it's funded by the money that you put in, and it's funded by the money that's being collected in taxes, payroll taxes every every week. Now, here is the the question, right? 
the question becomes, right, we have more people who want, who are entitled to social security than we can fund. So the government says, here's the deal, right? If you want to take social security early and we understand that there are people who want to do that, you can absolutely do that. But if you're going to do that, we're going to reduce your benefits. And on the same token, if you're going to delay benefits, right, and you're going to let us hold on to that money longer and pay you less and, you know, give us the chance that maybe you're going to die and we won't have to pay out anything, right? If that is, if you're going to give us that ability, then we're going to give you more money, right? And on its surface, it seems like, you know, a simple decision. If I need more money, I delay it. And, you know, if I want to get the most amount out of Social Security, I'm going to delay it as long as possible, if I need the money to, you know, uh, supplement my income, if my health isn't the greatest, then I'm going to take Social Security as early as possible. And that is the simple math that that most people do. Here, here's kind of where, you know, Congress, Congress has been monkeying with the numbers. They've been doing it for a while. And a while back, they did something called deemed filing rule. And the deemed filing rule says that you cannot claim your benefits until, or you, you cannot claim your spousal benefits until your spouse claims their benefit. Same thing for family benefits. And so now all of a sudden you had to coordinate your benefits with your spouse because yeah, maybe, maybe delaying your benefits would get a bigger check, but your spouse who's entitled to 50% of your benefits mm-hmm. couldn't claim that until you claimed it. So all of a sudden, right, let's say you had a spouse who was a stay-at-home mom, right, and they they were being the housewife, and they didn't really earn anything, right, or they didn't get a job, you know, they got a, they got a part-time job at the library or something, you know, uh, later when the kids were grown, and so their social security check is, you know, a few hundred dollars. But yours, you were a doctor, you were a lawyer, you were whatever, and your check is, you know, two, three, four thousand dollars a month. Your spouse is entitled to half of that. So they would go from having $300 a month or $400 a month to $2,000. That's a significant increase, right? And your household goes from, you know, getting, getting nothing or only a few hundred bucks to getting, you know, $2,000 or $6,000 in social security. That's a significant amount of money over retirement. And so you have to start thinking about the numbers in that context. The Secure 2.0 Act signed a light on this other question that really, when you take Social Security, it's not about your Social Security check, right? We're so focused on this number of, you know, what am I getting from Social Security? Am I getting my money's worth? Am I getting the most that I can get out of it, right? And there's all ways of quantifying it. But really, the question is, is will it... When will, when can I file for social security so that it will enable me to build the retirement lifestyle I want, right? So that it will allow me to retire earlier. So that it'll allow me to stay retired longer. And those questions may have nothing to do with the actual amount. Because mm-hmm. let's say I'm going to retire at, you know, 65, right? It's not when I get my full benefits. It's definitely not age 70 when I would get the most amount of money. I've decided I'm retiring at 65. Right. I have a certain amount of money that I need in order to live off of. And I'm going to need to take that money from somewhere. Sometimes taking less money from Social Security will allow me to grow my retirement savings for longer or allow me to grow it into a bigger balance or allow me when the market is down like years and like this year, right? Where the market's down that I don't have to take money out of my, uh, out of my investments. 
I can rely on my social security to supplement my income, or I can, you know, not have to take as much money out of my savings. And so when you look at it from that and you run those numbers, all of a sudden, and I find this very common, very often, that people are able to actually retire earlier by taking less from Social Security because it takes off the burden from their retirement savings. And when you combine the two, all of a sudden, they're able to retire and they have a greater lifestyle than they expected. And so the, you know, in a way, although Congress, you know, the Secure 2.0 Act, it, you know, it did a lot of things. One of the things that we have to be thankful to Congress for is that it really changed the math of when to file for Social Security because it's shown a light on the fact that it's not about how much money you're getting from Social Security, but what that money can do for you. How um, difficult is that for your the people that you talk to, people who are looking to retire, to get that point through about uh, this particular aspect of 2.0? Um, I think that it's, I think that most people don't, don't see it. This is why we're, we're talking about it today, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, when I tell people that I want you to file for social security early, um, because you'll get more money over the long run or because I want you to be living off of, you know, I want you to be able to invest your money for longer. They kind of look at me strange because they're like, but I was planning on using my retirement savings to live off of until I could take, you know, until I can take the full amount from Social Security. Mm-hmm. And to them, that made sense. Right. And to most people, that makes sense because, well, I'm delaying it. I'm getting, you know, it's I'm getting inflation adjustments to it. I'm getting, you know, the the eight percent a year or whatever it is, you know, based on your age that it's going to increase. Uh, that your social security benefits going to increase. So they think like, oh, I'm getting a guaranteed return on this money. But the truth is, is that when we look at what you can actually get on your investment dollars versus social security dollars, your investment dollars are a lot more valuable than social security dollars. And so getting, you know, filing it early, getting that spousal benefit and allowing our retirement savings to grow actually allows us to retire earlier and with more money. The math seems simple, like, like it really does. But it's so interesting that when you get into the, I, I don't want to call it the weeds, but when you get into the wonderful details about it, it, it really is a studied decision. And I know that you work a lot with this. There's information at yields4u.com, your website. But a little birdie told me that uh, you're working on a new book specifically on this topic. I have to ask you, is that true or is that false? So it is. I'm getting, I'm getting close to done on a new book called File Early or File Late. And it is specifically <laughs> on this question of, you know, how should you, when should you file for retirement uh, for your social security benefits? And it goes through the, this math of, you know, what, you know, what is the right decision for you? Um, because it's different for everyone, right? It, it really is different. And I'm often surprised by the people who I end up recommending to take early and the people I recommend to delay uh, benefits because it's never who I would have expected, right? And you would think that, you know, after helping people for 15 years that I would, you know, have a feel for this. But the truth is, is that, you know, everybody's unique. And when it comes to this, it's really about projecting those numbers out 
and you don't know until you do it. And so I've been writing this book on, you know, going, taking people through that decision making process, which really leads to the next question, right? Which this is where the secure 2.0 comes in, which is Roth conversions, right? Um, Roth conversions allow us to take all that 401k money, that retirement account money and turn it from, you know, tax me when I take it out to tax me when I choose. And if we have this huge opportunity, which the Secure 2.0 Act, you know, delays when we have to take those requirement distributions, right? So we went from, you know, it being 70 and a half to 72 and now 73 and 75. So that all of a sudden gives us a huge opportunity from age 60 to 75. We now have 15 years where we get to decide when to take money out of our retirement accounts and either use them to fund our retirement or convert them into tax-free dollars. And by being able to have so much control over it, and when you factor in Social Security, all of a sudden it opens up a world of possibilities, right? It really allows you the, the a possibility of being in the 0% tax bracket in retirement or the lowest tax bracket possible based on your Social Security. It really allows you to possibly retire earlier, um, there are all kinds of planning opportunities that weren't really available before that you didn't have as much opportunity, uh, as many years where you can take advantage of these things. Um, so I, I think that's huge. And, you know, as part of this book, I'm creating a piece of software that will allow people to kind of, you know, plug in their numbers and see what happens, right? And see, well, if I, you know, t- filed for social security early, right? And I did, you know, this is how much money I would have and, you know, how long until I run out of money in retirement um, and see, you know, okay, what are the sweet spots? You know, maybe filing for you will be, you know, 63 for you and 64 for your spouse. Um, and it won't really make a difference between uh, filing early or waiting an extra two or three years. You know, sometimes that happens. Uh, it's actually pretty common that that happens where the monetary difference between the two is negligible. Uh, especially when you factor in, you know, the investments and doing the Roth conversions and, you know, the tax implications of those and all the money that you end up saving. Uh, a lot of people find that they can retire earlier and with more money. Interesting. So before the book comes out, we can still go to yields, the number four, the letter u.com to get information about Secure 2.0. Yeah, go uh, if you go on my website, um, there's downloads. So I've got a whole bunch of checklists that will walk you through, you know, what what of the Secure 2.0 Act applies to you. Uh, I've got my Social Security Maximization Guide that goes to, uh, that will take you through a lot of these decisions. And then if you download anything, you put in your email anywhere on my website, you will get an email when the book becomes available. Uh, when the software becomes available. Um, and until that point, feel free to book a call with me and we can go through and I can run this uh, these numbers for you and help you make that decision of when's the best time to retire, when's the best time to do these Roth conversions so that you reduce your taxes, increase your income in retirement, and you know really be able to uh, fund your lifestyle as long as possible. You're really giving us a lot to think about this week. And join us again next time when we talk about how not to run out of money in retirement. Libel's website is yields for you. That's yields for you.com. Yields the number four, the letter u.com. I'm Freddie Bell and more new beginnings is straight ahead.
Thanks so much for joining us this weekend. I'm Freddie Bell, and it happened this week. In 1878, Thomas Edison received a patent for his phonograph. In 1881, Kansas became the first state to prohibit all alcoholic beverages. In 1976, Patty Hearst invoked the Fifth Amendment 19 times at her bank robbery trial in San Francisco. In 1985, William Schroeder became the first artificial heart patient to leave the confines of a hospital. In 1987, a controversial anti-smoking television ad aired for the first time. It featured Yule Brenner in a public service announcement that was recorded shortly before his October 1985 death from lung cancer. Brenner warned viewers of the danger of cigarettes from beyond the grave. 2001, Hollywood director Stanley Kramer died at the age of 87. Kramer's numerous film credits include High Noon, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, Inherit the Wind, and It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. And in 2016, Harper Lee died at the age of 89. She was best known for her novel, To Kill a Mockingbird, a coming-of-age novel about racism and injustice in the South. It happened this week, and I'm Freddie Bell. Introducing the New Beginnings Podcast, featuring career, health, and financial information for people on the go. To get your fresh start, visit freddiebell.com slash newbeginnings. Check out the new New Beginnings Podcast today. And now, our supporting partner, AARP in the Twin Cities. Hi again, everyone. Thank you so much for being with us. And joining us now is AARP's Minnesota State Director, Kathy McClear. And we're talking about secure choice. Kathy, first of all, what is secure choice? Yeah, well, secure choice uh, is similar to a college 529 savings plan. It would be state facilitated with the state contracting with a private company to manage those funds. And it's really an automatic IRA plan that small businesses can offer to their employees through a small uh, payroll deduction feature. And we know that this is so important for individuals and workers to be able to save to plan for a secure financial future. So are there changes to the, uh, the secure choice or the 529 plan? Tell us how this works. Well, a 529 savings plan is for college. So, uh, you know, you can you can pay into that to help save for your kids' uh, college education. But this is a retirement plan, so it's an automatic IRA. Um, we know that about, well, well, just over 700,000 workers in Minnesota, so about 32% of our workforce, does not have access to any type of retirement plan at work. So not a 401k, not any sort of automatic payroll deduction. And this is what Secure Choice would do, is we'd provide that mechanism for all workers in Minnesota to be able to uh, save for the future. Well, we're talking with Kathy McClear, and we're talking about secure choice. Social Security does provide a baseline for security for Minnesotans. Uh, what about what retirees really rely on Social Security alone? And that's really a difficult thing, isn't it? Yeah. So Social Security was never meant to be a sole source of income in retirement. Yet we know that for almost 30 percent of Minnesota retirees, uh, that is their sole income. 
And in Minnesota, you know, it's not a ton of money. So the average Social Security benefit for a family um, headed by someone 65 or older is only about $22,000 a year. And we know that older American families spend roughly $25,000 a year just on food, utilities, and health care alone. And so that's where having another mechanism to save for your future is so important. Wow. So there's a House bill that's in place right now. Uh, we know how hard the pandemic has hit a lot of individuals as well as businesses. So tell us uh, what is the, the main thing that we're trying to do in helping to get this bill passed? Yeah, so really what this will do is give businesses um, access to that very simple kind of plug-and-play retirement option. We know that it helps attract and retain good employees. Um, and again, this is something that will help all Minnesotans, all workers, uh, save for their uh, save for their future. Is it? Am I? My stats may be wrong, but I thought I saw something earlier in the week that talked about another twenty four hundred dollars, either a year or a month, for retirees who tap into this program. Uh, you know, that's a, a stat that I'm not super familiar with. Um, you know, we know that uh, what I can share with you is that the typical working age household really only has about $2,500 in savings. And maybe that's what you were referring to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at or near retirement households only have $14,500 saved. Wow. That doesn't go very far in retirement when you're talking about healthcare expenses, when you're talking about increasing cost of utilities, housing expenses, those kinds of things. And so, you know, being able to put the secure choice uh, program in place that gives all businesses an opportunity to provide that saving mechanism for their employees, it just becomes so critical to help people save for the future. Many people who listen to this program are at the very least thinking about retirement or maybe they are into retirement. And it sounds as if this is a really, really straightforward way to help to provide more income, to help to take care of those basic needs. If we're looking for more information about this, Kathy, how can we get it? Sure. You can find more information on this issue as well as some of the other advocacy work that uh, AARP Minnesota is doing at aarp.org forward slash MN advocacy. All right. The topic is secure choice. And this is New Beginnings. In our never-ending effort to find valuable information and insight in all areas, it's time to bring in Cassie Crandall with this week's Three Things. Thank you, Freddie. Today, I'm going to do things a little differently. Instead of three things, I'm going to have three questions. And I'm not uh, taking credit for it. I have to give credit where credit is due. And that is to Brad Bizjack, who is a mindset coach and inspirational speaker. So question number one, what did you accomplish today? Well. I went to physical therapy. Uh, I took a nap. Well, I guess that goes to show you that not every day do we accomplish everything that maybe we set out to or that we feel we should. Maybe uh, we worked on a major project for work or completed a project. Or maybe uh, a long-term goal was finally wrapped up or you're closer to the end of it. Maybe you simply got up out of bed and took care of basic needs for the day. That's okay, too. What did you accomplish today? Think about that one. Question number two. 
How did you add value to the world today? Let's think about that again. How did you add value to the world today? Maybe you reached out to a friend you haven't talked to in a long time just to say hi. Or maybe you returned your shopping cart to the cart corral. Maybe you uh, held a door open. You waited a little longer and held a door open for someone who was walking slowly to get to the entrance of the store. Countless things we can do daily to add value to the world that maybe we don't really think are adding value, but they do. A smile, a nod, a compliment. Those little things can mean so much and they can make such a difference in someone's day. And I'll tell you what, when you smile at people, nine times out of ten they're going to smile back. And smiles are contagious. Question number three. What part of your life did you show up well for today? Well, for me, I went to physical therapy and I did my exercises that I'm supposed to do, Cassie. Cassie's not always good about doing her exercises. Being disciplined can be very challenging. But when we show up well for our lives, for ourselves, we are so much better for ourselves and for everyone else. The old saying, uh, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Well, mama has to take care of herself too. When we show up well for ourselves, for our lives, we feel better about ourselves. We're going to have a better mindset. We can carry on better. We can do and share and be the best that we can be and then therefore be the best for others and get closer to accomplishing the goals that we have for ourselves. Those are my three questions for today. Instead of my three things, for New Beginnings, I'm Cassie Crandall. Thanks so much, Cassie. We'll talk to you again next week. How about a little fun right now from the other side of my desk? Bill Gates reportedly has been dating someone for more than a year. Well, they're really not dating. He visited her home to help with the Windows error and still hasn't figured it out. Have you found that other people may frown on things you do or like, but you know they'll like it if they just tried it? What's your best don't knock it till you try it? I've got some suggestions for you. Sleeping naked? A shot of whiskey chased by kosher dill pickle juice, grilled peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I actually like those. Or how about going to the movie theater by yourself? A recent survey says that 87% of men said they liked women to be curvaceous and the right height for her weight. Just 8% preferred very thin, bordering on underweight women, while the remainder liked voluptuous females. The response was almost identical among women, with 88% thinking curvaceous would prove more of a turn-on for men. And here are four things you probably didn't know yesterday. The longest lightning bolt flashed 477.2 miles across Texas, Louisiana, and Mississippi in April of 2020. The state of Florida is bigger than England. To boost the sales of Happy Meals, McDonald's once considered adding to the box a small gift for mom. And a group of flamingos is called a flamboyance. 
And finally, do you hate mornings? Well, you're not alone. A recent study found that the most stressful time of the day is in the morning. A recent study found that 7:23 a.m. is the most stressful time of the day. The average person experiences an average of three dramas a day, with women having the first around 7:50, while men maintain their peace until about 8:43. Just for fun, and I'm Freddie Bell. Get the most from AARP, including advice and support to help you care for your loved ones. Fraud prevention with tips and tools to help protect you from scams and fraud, including a free helpline if you've been targeted, a scam tracking map, and watchdog alerts via email through the AARP Fraud Watch Network. If you don't know AARP, you don't know ARP. More information at AARP.org. In today's world, we really need words of encouragement. Introducing Words to the Wise by Freddie Bell. Let your mind be opened by the wisdom of thought. Let the inspiration of the words feed your mind, body, and spirit. Regardless of the issues you face each day, Words to the Wise by Freddie Bell can help you power through. Words to the Wise by Freddie Bell, a handy reference. Available on Amazon, freddiebell.com, and Barnes & Noble. As New Beginnings continues, we now take you to the spirituality portion of our program, where we introduce the Senior Minister of Unity South Twin Cities, the Reverend James Stacy. We now join Reverend Stacy with a program already in progress. We all have those points in our life. We might look back and say, oh, that was a real turn of destiny for me. I was in school about 14 years old, and my art teacher, you know, the art teacher in school always tend to be kind of unique individuals, creative, special. She said one day, I wasn't even driving yet, she said one day, I want to take you to a service at Unity Village, our world headquarters. And I'd never been there for a service, so I went to the Baptist church. And she said, let me take you to a service. So we went to the service. It was an interesting experience. We stayed afterwards for lunch in the famous vegetarian cafe, the oldest vegetarian center in Kansas City or the Midwest, really, starting in 1905. And then we went to the Unity Bookstore. And she said, let me buy this book, The Sermon on the Mount by Emmett Fox. Aha, an early teacher. And then she said, you need to study the work of Rudolf Steiner. Here was one teacher, one individual, that put me on the twin paths of my life. For decades, unity was my spiritual family and community, like we are here. And my study of Steiner was something personal, individual. I couldn't find anyone else in the Midwest doing that, so I was on my own. Thirty years later, maybe a little more than 30 years later, I moved to my first church in Syracuse, New York, Unity of Syracuse. 
And there I came across people who were studying the work of Rudolf Steiner. After all those years, I finally found people I could talk to. And I did. And then eventually in 2012, I spent a year in Switzerland at Steiner's Unity Village, no Steiner's world headquarters in Switzerland, and had the opportunity to study with many people that had spent their life devoted to his work. So I wanted you to have a little bit of background of why I'm asking you to spend the time in this discussion today. As I said, Steiner was a contemporary of Charles Fillmore, but he did all his work in the language of German and in Middle Europe, specifically Austria, then Germany, then Switzerland. His headquarters is on the Lower Rhine, on the northwest edge of Switzerland in a town close to the huge city of Basel, Switzerland, the second largest city in Switzerland. His collected work is considered to be the largest collection of life work of any known human being. There are 600 volumes of his material, not counting his architecture, his sculpture, his painting, his founding of the Walida Company, which produces body care products and medicines all over the world. You can find them right down the street at Fresh Time and Target to this day. He also uh, developed Waldorf Education. Our city is unusual to have a major school in Minneapolis and one in St. Paul. He developed um, communities for those in need of special care of the soul. Isn't that an interesting phrase? those in need of special care of the soul. These were communities where the staff and residents all lived together and worked together, and they were individuals with certain concerns in this life, such as Down syndrome and other forms of what our society calls limitations. The whole key to Steiner finding that, founding those centers, We have the closest one is up in Salk Center, Minnesota. The whole key was he taught the staff that even though these individuals seem to have a limitation, treat them as the whole and complete spiritual being they are. Find work that they can do in their community so they feel important and that they're contributing to the good of the community. But don't speak down to them. Work side by side with them. Well, i thinking, where in the world could I start this discussion of Steiner's enormous work, a work he called, get ready, some people have trouble with this word. He didn't invent it. It's been around for centuries. Anthroposophy. Anthropos means human. And Sophie, wisdom. Anthroposophy was how he described divine wisdom, 
truth working through the human being. How we channel the truth of life, of God, of spirit. Well, fortunately, he gave it a slightly easier word, although in German it's not so easy, Geiteswissenschaft. In English, spiritual science. He had many criticisms. How can you put the word spirit and science together? That's an oxymoron that doesn't make any sense. Well, the best way he described it, that I understand it, is he considered physical and natural sciences use technology, instruments to observe the world. They use uh, microscopes, telescopes, and now we have many more complicated bits of technology what to explore, observe, and measure creation, the earth, and the stars. Is spiritual science, actually a term Charles Fillmore also used, is spiritual science, he said, is when the individual develops inner capacities of soul where they make themselves the instrument of observation. Through spiritual development, you gain a capacity to understand the world and observe it in ways that are beyond your five senses. Hearing, seeing, touching, smelling. I missed something. Anyway, it was a way to develop yourself as an Well, St. Francis said it a long time ago. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. You just heard a message coming from the Reverend James Stacy, the senior minister of Unity South in the Twin Cities. More information is found at their website at unitysouth.org. It's National Clam Chowder Day. People across the nation have a bowl and a spoon ready to be filled with clam chowder as they prepare to participate in this incredible day. Clam chowder in its simplest form is a soup or a stew containing fish or clams. The most common type of chowder includes milk or cream as well as potatoes, though the Manhattan clam chowder has tomatoes. In chowder, along with the clams, it is common to find diced potatoes, onions, often sautéed with pork or bacon drippings, and celery. Here's a list of the basic clam chowder variants, New England clam chowder, Delaware clam chowder, New Jersey, Long Island, and Puget Sound clam chowders. Pull out a spoon and let's have lunch. Here are today's words to the wise. Express your joy through laughter. Today's words to the wise. Express your joy through laughter. I'm Freddie Bell and you can find more in the book entitled Words to the Wise on FreddieBell.com. That's our show, and thanks to our special guests for stopping by and sharing information that we hope can change lives. If you missed any of today's show, you can subscribe to our podcast or just Google Freddie Bell or stop by my website of the same name. Thanks for listening, and remember that each day is a chance for a new beginning. See you next week.